The reading today is from the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 11 to 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the sheep who owns the sheep. So when he sees a wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. The wolf attacks the flocks and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not from this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason why my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received is from my father. Well, today we have a birthday in our own family. Um, Just to embarrass him, it's Joe's birthday. Uh, Joe's uh, 12 today. Um, Also means that it's one year today since we had a new addition to our family, which was Scruffy. Scruffy is, in case you're wondering, our hamster. He's, uh, on the whole, well looked after. Has a nice little cage, lots of uh, um, straw and sawdust and stuff. Nice place to sit down for the night. Has a tube to run around in food and drink, um, takes taken out for a little play now and again, really all you could want, surely, for a hamster. But there was one day last year, and it happened to be the day of the royal wedding, when somebody left the cage door open, and just as William and Catherine were coming out of Westminster Cathedral, we realised that Scruffy was missing. Now there's a frantic search all over the house, but all to no avail, and uh, we'd been organising a street party in Lower End, so we couldn't look any longer. We had to go out and uh, join the others, so we left the search and came back to it later. But even looking everywhere, there was no scruffy. So over the next few days, we uh, ripped open the, the skirting boards, we drilled holes in the wall, we could hear scratching going on. We ripped out um, bits of wood, but still, no scruffy. And just as we were sort of giving up hope, we were still praying that he would come back, but... Um, Just as we were giving up hope, um, one day, four days later, Scruffy appeared by the back door. There were no idea how he got there, where he'd been those last few days, but um, instead of looking the nice uh, chubby hamster that he used to, he was quite uh, scrawny and um, very thirsty, as we saw when he gulped down the water we gave him. And you think, why would a hamster that has all he needs go off and spend a few days wherever he spent them? without any food or drink or loving care. Well, hamsters are like sheep, aren't they? They may have a good shepherd who looks after them, but it's in their nature to wander off. You know, they're not the brightest of of animals, really. And the sad thing is that the Bible tells us that as human beings, we also are like sheep. Isaiah 53 um, says this, says, We all like sheep. Have gone astray, each of us has turned to his own way. 
And what that means is um, not that just, we just maybe go out for a walk one day and we um, wander across the fields and get lost and don't know the way back, although for some of us that might happen. It's talking about wandering away from God. God knows what is best for us. He's given us commandments to follow. And that's following those is like being in a sheep pen, a bit of a protective pen. If we stay there, um, we're safe. If we love God, if we love our neighbours, if we trust in him and his plans for us, we'll be fine. It's like remaining in that cosy sheep pen. But once we start to stop doing that, to think, well, actually, we know best. Once we start to love ourselves rather than God or our neighbours, it's like we're going out of the pen. We're going into dangerous territory. We're vulnerable on our own. Wolves could come along and attack us. The great thing about uh, these uh, readings that were read out for us is that we don't need to follow our own instincts. We don't need to follow other people because we have a good shepherd. He cares for us. He wants the best for us. And if we follow him, we will be fine. And you may say, well, what is it that makes him a good shepherd? Because we heard in that sketch earlier, didn't we? You know, people say there's lots of good shepherds. Why is Jesus the good shepherd? Well, there's two reasons I want to give you this morning. The first of those, the Jesus tells us, he says, I'm the good shepherd. He says, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, I'm sure many of you will be shocked by that recent cruise ship disaster in Italy, in which I think about um, 30 people died. And what upset many people was um, hearing the recording of the conversation between the ship's captain and the coast guard. And the Coast Guard is getting more and more angry. He's telling the captain, look, don't worry about yourself. Get back on board. Go and rescue your passengers. That is your duty. They are in your responsibility. And the captain's sort of you know, coming up with all sorts of excuses and he's telling them, go back on board and save their lives. And the story that he says he somehow fell into a, a lifeboat, you know, sounds a little bit um, far-fetched. But in this passage, Jesus makes the distinction between shepherds and hired hands. Did you hear them talking about that in the sketch? Hired hands are those people who get paid to do a job. Um, They're looking after the sheep, but they're not really interested in the sheep. All they're really interested in is getting the money at the end of the day. And so if danger comes along, um, they're not going to hang around. They're going to disappear. They're going to save themselves. Of course, that means the sheep are left to fend for themselves. They're left open to attack by wolves. They say, well, who are these wolves that um, you know, might attack us? Well, they're anybody who might take us away from God. Their people will tell us that uh, there are more interesting things in life than God. People will tell us that, well, God doesn't really care for you. People will tell us, well, God doesn't really exist. Well, actually, there are loads of gods. Why is Jesus the only way to God? Well, the good shepherd is the one who's prepared to protect the sheep, even if it means laying down his life for the sheep, even if it means dying for them. You may ask, what does dying for the sheep really achieve? How does that help us as the sheep? Well, the answer is back in that verse from Isaiah we talked about earlier. And let's just read a couple of verses around that. This is what it says. It says, he, Jesus, was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, 
And the Lord has laid on him, on Jesus, the iniquity of us all. Now those words, transgressions, iniquities, are a bit long words. Um, basically they're used to describe what we do that is wrong. They're talking about sin. And God's purpose for, for us all was to enjoy the world, to look after it, under God's rule. But man chose to do it his way, to go off and wander. And by doing that, brought upon himself the punishment that we all deserve. But the amazing thing is that because God loves us so much, he allowed Jesus to be punished instead of us. That is what it means by saying the Lord laid on him, on Jesus, the sin of us all. All that sin, all that that sin that everybody commits is carried by one person, Jesus Christ. He's like a scapegoat. He takes our punishment. Jesus is the good shepherd because he lays down his life for the sheep. Secondly, he says, I'm the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Now let me ask you a question. How many of you are on Facebook? Put your hand up, you're on Facebook. How many of you have got more than 100 friends? How many of you have got more than 200 friends? How many of you have got more than 300 friends? And still up. 400? Right, who should we pick on? Ross, we're going to pick on. Ross, Ross, tell us. Can you tell us what you know everybody on your Facebook, or your Facebook friends? Um, not really, no. Not really. You know them. Yeah, yeah, you know of them. Um, how many of them have you met, would you say? Yeah? Do you know where each of them lives? No? no. Do you know whether they've got brothers or sisters? Or? No, no. Um, I'm not criticising Ross here or anything it's, um, it's a question of how, what do we mean when we say we're a friend we know somebody what do we mean when we say we know somebody because it, may, it can mean I know who he or she is it can mean oh, well, I've heard their name I don't really know who they are though um, they mean yeah I know them they're, they're in my class at school or it may mean yes actually they're a really good friend of mine um, we hang out together What does Jesus mean when he says, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me? What does he really mean by that? Well, the clue is in the next line he says, because after that he says, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. Now, you can't have a closer relationship of friendship than between God the Father and God the Son, because they've always been together, right since the beginning of time. They know everything there is to know about each other. They have perfect knowledge of each other. They share the same plans, the same will. Um, When Jesus is on earth, he's in constant touch with the Father. And the only time when they're ever separated is when he dies on the cross. And that is the most painful thing for them, that he's separated for that time from the Father. So when Jesus says, I know my sheep, my sheep know me, what he's saying is there's a very special relationship between me and my sheep. Yes, he knows everybody because he made everybody. Um, But he doesn't know them in the same way that he knows his sheep. This is a relationship that will last beyond this life into eternity. Um, Verse 28 says, I I gave them eternal life and they shall never perish. So to know Jesus in this way is not to know that, oh, there's this guy Jesus who lived 2,000 years ago. Um, This is to know Jesus. He is my personal friend. I speak to him every day. I trust him with my life. He's the one who laid down his life for me. 
so that I can be made right with the Father. I'm looking forward to seeing him one day face to face. I want to be with him forever. And the great thing is that Jesus wants us all to be his friends, friends in that context. He sent us all a friend request. If uh, you want to use Facebook language, this is uh, Jesus Christ. You have a friend request. He wants to be your friend. And as with Facebook, we get a friend request and we have a choice, don't we? What do we do? We accept him or we ignore him. When we did that blindfold game earlier on, um, Jake had a choice of following four people, recognising their voice, didn't he? The one he knew was his dad. That was a voice he recognised, that was somebody he could trust. Now you may feel at the moment, well, I don't actually know Jesus, I can't recognise his voice, I don't really know who he is, I don't know enough about him, I, I can't really accept him as a friend. And if that is the case, as we saw that in the sketch, let me encourage you, as we just finish now, to get to know him. Open the Bible, as the dad in the sketch said, read it, and understand who Jesus is. Understand why he came, why he laid down his life for you. Recognise that voice so that you can actually put your trust in him. You can give him your life. You can follow him. Because once we become friends of Jesus, we become part of his flock. And he promises always to be there for us, to protect us and to guide us.